Hey, everybody. Welcome, as always. We're looking forward to today's show. It's going to be essentially Ask Me Anything. We, of course, as usual, are out on Twitter spaces, and uh, we're watching you all there. And you raise your hand there. You can be asked to come up on the uh, Twitter space to speak with us. Uh, of course, you have to unmute your mic. We have to always remind everybody about that. And uh, by coming up, you'll be agreeing to streaming out on multiple platforms. We are out there on Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, Rumble. Though, um, Mrs. Pinsky, I think... Uh, Facebook has been encumbering us, have they not, I suspect? So we're a little, little hmm, wondering what's going on over there. But YouTube is very kind to us and reinstated us. And uh, so we hopefully can talk about whatever we wish to talk about. Um, now some... I think we're getting uh, slowed down by Facebook. Yeah. I... So head on over to Rumble if you want to talk to like 1,300 people. Okay, fair enough. And of course, we 500 watch... people over on uh, YouTube. Yeah, we watch the Rumble Rants and we watch the restreams as well. And we'll try to catch up with everything today and uh, whatever sort of on your guys' mind today is all about what you're thinking about. I, I've got no specific agenda, so let's get into it. Our laws, as it pertains to substances, are draconian and bizarre. The psychopaths start this way. He was an alcoholic. Because of social media and pornography, PTSD, love addiction, fentanyl and heroin, ridiculous I'm a, I'm a doctor for <laughs> sake. Where the hell you think I learned that? I'm just saying, you go to treatment before you kill people. I am a clinician. I observe things about these chemicals. Let's just deal with what's real. We used to get these calls on Loveline all the time. Educate adolescents and to prevent and to treat. If you have trouble, you can't stop and you want to help stop it, I can help. I got a lot to say. I got a lot more to say. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. And so here, here we are. We were hoping to do a little... Uh... COVID light today. We've been doing so much COVID for so long. We wonder what other topics are on your guys' mind. Uh, but uh, it is interesting that uh, with President Biden's statement yesterday about the pandemic being over, uh, it's interesting to me how many people are offended by that and want to cling to the porn, the panic porn. And um, I, 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 again, as I said at the closing yesterday, I understand that there's still people dying of this, as there are people dying of many other respiratory viruses and infectious disease pathogens, particularly internationally. And if we're going to focus on equity, we should be putting all that in context. And I and uh, before we start taking questions, I just want to also say that I, I begin thinking real lately that the public health discipline has become somewhat adulterated in some way. It, it seems like it has taken the the uh, very noble notion of equity and converted it that notion into equity of outcome in all cases, in all situations for all humans. And medicine is just not that way. It, it's we are we are a huge tapestry of very complex differences and nowhere more so than when we approach how to treat somebody. It's why we have to have be, you know, it's why we have to have thousands of hours of clinical experience in order to come up to one person, have some sensibility, what's going on with that person relative to the context of the landscape of that illness in thousands or hundreds, at least, of other patients, which we have seen. 
And to then say, take that complex thing and say, everybody must end in the same place, you just can't do it. And my fear is that this equity, so we have, we have learned that fear uh, and safety, Uberalis, became the initial policy of our public health world. Uh, the Uberalis safety was in order to get to vaccine, then it became vaccine Uberalis. And very er early on, the vaccine distribution was about equity Uberalis, meaning in all cases, above all else. And these three principles um, are, are nuanced. They're, not, they're a little misguided, in fact, to consider them fiats that must be followed and cannot be considered otherwise. It's what my old college professor used to call apodictic, must be so and cannot be otherwise. And uh, it, it is actually different that the fact is that, yes, we should be doing focused isolation and doing certain kinds of things, non-pharmacological, not uberalis, in a very, in a very rational, evidence-based way. And yes, vaccine, as we learn more about it, we should be adjusting our vaccine policy fast. It shouldn't be just above all else, 12 and over, that's it. No, just simplify messaging the way the, uh, had the CDC said about a week ago. And then now the equity issue, which is while it's extremely important, I mean, think of the international context of infectious diseases, that you're failing horribly, number one. And then number two, it's not something that is truly uh, applicable to, to humanity in a medical context. Equity of resources is, of course, something we all want to try to achieve. Equity of resources is a, an infinite distance from equity of outcomes. And I think the public health world got very focused on equity of outcomes. And that was a misguided uh, and hurt which is the main problem, that it hurts lots of people to, to uh, use these sort of misguided priorities. All right, let's get some calls here. Um, we'll do exactly that. This is uh, Miss Kim. Uh, Miss Kim, how are you doing there? What's up? Oh, she muted up again. There you are. What's going on there? We hear you. Hi, you're talking to me, Kim, right? Uh, Kim, I thought it said, but yes, I'm talking to you. So you want to know what I think about COVID or? No, you raised your hand to ask a question. I wonder what your question is. Maybe. Well, we're... my question is, what about all these people that lost their jobs? Yes. What about all these people who lost their businesses? What and about all these yeah. people that lost family members to addiction and suicide? Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. This I, is my point. Exactly. This is my point. I could see that coming from the beginning. That's why I was telling everybody to shut up. That panic never makes things better. Panic always right. makes things worse. And this weird panic and the listening to people like the New York Times editorial board was just startling to me. They have, should not have a they should not even have a place at the table in terms of medical policy. They don't know what they're talking about. They have no experience right. with it. And yet those are the people we listen to. And now, you know, no one got a, a, a heavier burden than young kids in, uh, you know, uh, black and brown in risk populations where they were prevented from going to school and have many of them yet to come back to school. That is a profound burden that we do not know if we're going to be able to catch up. Uh, what are we going to do about that? And then, as you yeah. said, the businesses and jobs and everything else that went with that was just the nurses, the atrocious. police. Atrocious. Yeah. Atrocious. All right. Okay. Thank you so much for your question. What is this? Uh, I had, this is a Emily saying I had to leave Dr. Drew live on my 
Space Twitter. What's Space Twitter? Spaces. Twitter Spaces. I didn't know they display our profile picture too. That's not what I want. They didn't ask for permission, but can't put you on TV without asking, can they? I don't understand what she's saying. Wait, so I announce no, every time. Don't. Yeah, no, that's no. that's yeah. that's said, silly. Somebody's saying platform. that they they didn't ask permission. Okay, at the beginning of the show, typically, we tell you when you're on Twitter Spaces that you're going to be live on drdrew.tv as well. No, you're not, unless you raise your hand. And right, come but up. if you're in Twitter Spaces, your your profile is going to pop up on Twitter Spaces, which you're already public, by the way. But when you come up and we pull you up to the to the podium, you know, you might. Why don't you just change your put your dog in your in your uh, no in your profile? As I will say it again. If you raise your hand and you come to the podium, you are agreeing to stream out on multiple platforms. And by streaming out, I mean Caleb. this was twenty two hours ago, by the way. But okay. I just I wanted to show it to you, Drew, because you know we gotta make sure people know yes. that your question is going to be live on no, Dr. No, no, no. TV. The, so she, she's taking, taking issue with the picture, the icon. going Right. Up. Right. So, and that is part of what we do is we pull the icon up on the stream in addition to the voice. So Caleb, do you want to address one that? person laughed at this post, but, but we're not trying to uh, expose you if you don't want to. No. And it's good that you yes. bring that to our attention, everybody's attention, because yes. we don't want anybody to feel violated. Yes, for right. sure not. For example, when people email questions to us, we don't use real names. We always anonymize it, especially mm -hmm. if they ask us to. And if, if you raise your hand in Twitter spaces, that's that's you saying that you, you want to speak. <laughs> you want to be on the show. Right, right. So let's get the next speaker. That's George Clark. George, what's happening, man? Hey, can you hear me? I do. Yeah, it's been a it's been a few months. Um, my question is, when do you think, or if and when, we'll get to a point with um, COVID that you know they'll get rid of all the isolation protocols and things like that? So, like, you show up to school with the sniffles, it may or may not be COVID, and no hey, one cares. You know, I forget who I was talking to. I, I was, it was one of our guests. Uh, I think it might have been Harvey Reich. I was asking him that question about college campuses, which have taken the most draconian and bizarre excess in terms of their vaccine and mass policy. And he said he thinks that is a function of the lawyers in these. It made perfect sense to me that the lawyers are saying that you have to limit liability by showing you're doing everything possible. So they're literally this is what you call bad medicine. Whenever you do too much, you hurt patients. So they may end up with lawsuits for having demanded vaccines for people that may not need it. But what they have been advised by their lawyers to do is to just keep going, do, do the excesses. And as long as there are lawyers mandating that and liability hanging over people's head, uh, this stuff's going to go on for a while. It, it's pathetic. But it's it's uh, at least I don't feel like they're trying to do something medical. You know what I mean? It's like that's where I get kind of upset. It's like, well, what are you doing? This makes no sense. Oh, you're making your lawyers happy? Okay, I get it. Pathetic, but okay, I get it. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. And eesh. And eesh. <laughs> eesh indeed. Eesh. And uh, yeah. you listen, the only people that can address it are the student body and the parents and the, and the alumni. Uh, maybe one school at a time, they begin to start, uh, you know, going after that a little bit and taking issue with it because it is 
pretty, uh, as you say, pretty ish. Uh, okay, let's get... Uh, Kitty Moore Lutke on Facebook said, my town Shreveport has 38 or more killings this year. Ugh. I sit on the patio and I hear the gunshots. Go oh inside. Gosh. No one calls cops anymore because nothing to tell them. Oh my goodness, but I terrible. heard guns. Sad. Terrible. It's insane. Okay. This is uh, Ryan. Let's see what Ryan's got to say here. And again, we're taking your questions. And if you do raise your hand to come up, you are agreeing to stream out and your image too, as you see here with uh, George and maybe soon with Ryan. Uh, go ahead, Ryan. Hey, Hiller. Hey, I have a now. question about. <laughs> I have a question about the future CDC director. Yes. And, uh, what, so, as Fauci's retiring, what direction are we going to see? Do you think we're going to see the CDC go in? Do you well, think it'll he, be more? He's not the CDC. He is the National Institute of Allergy and Immunology. Uh, they, he's a part. I mean, he, I don't even understand how the crosses over with the CDC. The CDC is Dr. Walensky, and she is the director of the CDC. And, and uh, again, she. Uh, what I keep hearing about her is that she's an excellent clinician. Clinician. She's a very bright woman. And that she seems to be under the sway of a something where she's saying things I, of, of a PR team or something where she's saying things that become, frankly, problematic, to say at the least. But in terms of the, the National Institute of Allergy and Immunology, I, I, I think what's going to happen, and I, and I actually loathe the day, I think this is going to be sort of unpleasant, but I think they're going to do a lot of uh, looking under the hood figuring out who's got some conflicts of interest, who funded what, and it's going to be a big tangled mess. And it's going to take them a while to figure out all the different motivations, the distorted motivations that we want to wash out of that system. But it's exactly. going to take a while. It's going to take a while. I, I'm, I'm, I'm really concerned about it. Because it, it, I, as, as I've said, oh, your, your connection here is terrible, so I'm going to pull you down. Um, but as I've said for a long time, both uh, Dr. Fauci and his organization, the NIH, the CDC, these are <laughs> these are legendary organizations that have funded so much great science and have done so much great work. It is terrible that we are in this situation where literally, uh, you know, decades and decades of extraordinary policy and work has been undermined by. Essentially, you know, when you really look at the the root cause, if we want to figure out where the root cause of this, they were persuaded by their Chinese counterparts that lockdown and zero COVID was the one and only policy. I would love to know how that happened. I would love to hear those phone calls if there was a possibility to have done so. And that that mistake was so profound, and the unwillingness to kind of look at it and go back. And to be fair, the stakes were high and everyone was confused. I get it. But that was that was it. That to me, that is the that's what I look at as the sort of mm, the moment that uh, that we went bad. We went south and then defending it after that without talking about. It. And by the way, uh, most recently, I don't know if you've noticed um, the formal head of the NIH. I forget his name right now. Larry something. I'll look on the restream. You guys can help me. He has started to say, yeah, I should have been much more clear about when I didn't know for sure and when I was distorting and we have a lot more to study and there's more to go, but here's our best guess, as opposed to going, it's this way or the highway, everyone else shut up. Woo! That is a terrible mistake also. Uh, here's an interesting question on yeah, Facebook. Yeah. Stephen. Stephen. Daniels. Mm -hmm. 
What are your views on the sexualization of children under age 12 through school programs involving drag queens and discussion of gender changes? Yeah, uh, it, I feel like it's complicated. Like everything, I wish there was an evidenced base for what they're doing. They literally would have to study the impact of what they're doing. I believed, I believe in, intuitively, it seems to me that, you know, if I, to, to worry about transgender folks with tra who are transgender talking to kids, I think is a mistake. I think the issue is the sexualizing of everything. And that is something that pre-purial children don't understand. It can be traumatic. But at the same time, we have kids being exposed to pornography at age eight, nine, and 10. And we don't know what that is doing. So we may need to do something proactive to mitigate the harm that has done. So we don't know yet. We just don't know. I think generally overwhelming a child's regulatory system with, with action, with activity, with sensory input that exceeds their regulatory capacity is problematic. I really don't think that kids have an issue with somebody who's transgender or drag. Or I, I think, I oh, think, uh-oh, my camera just uh -oh. <laughs> went sideways. Uh -oh. Susan Sorry. just backed into my camera to try to get me some coffee. Sorry. I know I appreciate that too. Yeah. Well, you come sit down and talk to me. Do you agree with me on that? On that all right, she's going to get me all set up here. And then we'll, we'll go to uh, M, I think Sorry, it is, Ma Marina Hart. In just a second, I'll go to Marina as soon as I finish this. I, I really don't believe that there's any evidence that, you know, I, I mean, the kids, they don't, they're not, they're not doing anything sexual with it unless it, they do some weird sexual action or they force sexual content on them. And that is a mistake. I, I've, always, I've said forever that giving kids a plumbing lesson because you feel they need to know that is a huge mistake. Your job is to just answer kids' questions. They will come, they will come in their good time, on their terms, and to, generally speaking, to force things on children is a bad idea. I don't believe that any kind of, I'm gonna use a word that, uh, how, I need a better word than this. I was going to use the word costuming, but but any sort of presentation, whether it's a furry or a drag or any, I, I don't think that impacts kids. It's when it becomes about the sexual that it does. So well, do like that that uh, teacher in Canada that is a, a trans a dressed thing. up rather vividly. I, we don't know really what that is. I don't know if she's making a point. I don't know big, what that is. Big huge, you know, fake. Breast. Mm -hmm. and at I wish a, everybody could see at you right school, now. <laughs> at school, like, I mean, listen, I am pro-trans. I, I don't have a problem. I've met many, and I agree with the, the transformation that they've made for themselves. They're awesome. They're right, and they're in, they're doing great in their own skin this way. But, but to, like, mock it or make a, try to make points with it or... No, the, the excesses. You'll notice that I generally try to find a middle ground. It's the excesses on both sides that always, I mean, sometimes one's right, sometimes not, but generally we're all, most of you out there are moderate. Most of you are really moderate. Reality is kind of, maybe you don't think of yourself that way, but you are. And the, the middle ground is, is always much more likely to be the, the truth. It, it is rarely some extreme. And so uh, that's why you'll notice, you know, I, I tend to piss off both sides all the time because I do sort of find a middle ground. Uh, I will well, any be kind of sexualization in school or body shaming or body awareness should not take precedence over education. When you send your kids to school, you want, you know, they're going to have their own hormonal issues, you know, especially when they hit 12, 13, but, yeah. um, but to, 
The con- my daughter brings this up all the time. Like, if I go, oh, you look good today. She's like, you know, you don't need to make me validate me with the way I look. You know, she wants to be known for being intellectual and mm-hmm. smart and a whole person. Um, we don't need to add to it, you know. Well, I would just, let me share a little quick story. And I grew up, like, in Newport Beach where everybody had to look cute in a bathing suit and we were all skinny and, but here's you know, the deal. I get it. It's Here's the reality, middle ground again. Everybody likes to be told they're attractive or that they look good. Case in point, I followed Henry Kissinger into a satellite booth one one time about 15 years ago, and he was about 80 at the time, or close to 80, and he got out of the satellite booth, and his first question was, so, did I look fat? <laughs> and, so, and so everybody, even Henry Kissinger, has a has a, a concern about how they appear on camera at other people. That's a normal human thing. To be overly preoccupied, that's different. So uh, there you go. Don't you have I like a another, chapter in another your point? book about this with Paulina? Go ahead, hold on. Yeah, I, do I think another point that is book. that uh, yeah. the people who went up to the Capitol on January 6th, that's like less than mm-hmm. 0.0001% of all Republicans and all Trump supporters. The same way with people who are transgender. The loudest and the craziest things that you see posted on the internet and on TikTok, that's a 0.0001%. You're only seeing the extremes here that's being broadcast over well, on the news. And, and, so I, you can't judge and, the whole group based on all right. the extremes. No, I agree. And and since I'm in my own home environment here, I will address something that I was fearful Tim Poole was going to bring up when I was his show. Before I do that, though, um, Brooke wants to know... The book is it doesn't have to be um, doesn't have to be awkward. When I wrote with my daughter, these kinds of issues are deep in that book, so please do check that book out. What steps can we as a society make to kick the rational revolution to high gear? On a side note, I'd love to see more rational revolution merch on your website. Susan, Caleb, get on that rational revolution. <laughs> I'm, I'm needs working to on it. This, Brooke, hey, yeah, that's Brooke, Christina P's thing. Make no, her no, it. we can go do. We can. Yeah. Don't they? No, 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 no. We can do it too. We can have T-shirts. We can do whatever. I look. I, Brooke is my new favorite person. So, Brooke, I think the reason we haven't done that is because we've assumed it was your mom's house doing that. When I go out there, I'm going out there next week, and uh, I'll try to remember to ask them if it's okay if we start to make T-shirts and other things with it. So, thank you for that. So, uh, I was afraid that Tim Pool was going to bring up his notion that this topic of transgender in school and whatnot is is grooming. He keeps using the word grooming and that it's grooming, grooming, grooming. And I'm here to tell you it is not. Grooming is a very specific process. It's one per, one-on-one. Oftentimes the person that's doing the grooming doesn't even understand that that's what they're doing. And it's sort of bringing somebody into a power imbalance. Uh, I guess, a situation, it's almost like hypnosis. It's also related to the the Stockholm Syndrome. And grooming is a very, very specific process that takes, I understand why he would use that term. I think it's an inaccurate use of the term. I, I think it is attempt to, to normalize the culture to make this normal, and they're going excessively, they've gone too far with it, as we often do with things, and it starts to look like that to people like Tim. That's why he gets upset about it. I don't believe that's what it is. Uh, However, I do believe that people that are throwing sexual content at children are are engaged in behavior that's it's not grooming behavior. It's uh, it's it's getting it gets close to abuse. You know, it's it's exceeding their regulatory capacity, and that's what they just need to be kids. 
Kids need to be kids. But look, and they we also live in need a time. to get viruses. Yeah, that's true. Okay, we've gone, <laughs> we've gone all the way. Around. We've done the full. full uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, where did Marina go? I had her sitting there, and then I uh, she, three she of ran them away. I know. Sorry, Marina. I didn't. They're all still uh, alive too. Let's see if you're in the the queue somewhere. I can bring you back here. I apologize. She just absolutely just. I left. think some people know they're they're trans when they're children, and they well, need course. to be of course approached, you know, in a safe way and given the opportunity. But to like make all her friends have to decide if they're trans too is no, weird. No, no, you know? no, no. Like no, no. I, I just I just think that kids need to not I, think I, about I sex till they're a lot older. Everybody, we. <laughs> The, the problem with everything we all talk about these days is the emotions attached to it. You need to sit and dispassionately listen and think about things very, like a rational revolution, like very carefully. People get all screwed up about men and women and what's this, what's that. No. You got to think very carefully, very clearly. Uh, biology is a real thing. Biology exists. But gender is influenced by, bio, by biology, but it may be something somewhat separate. That then the people get very messed up thinking about these things. And I understand it's hard, hard people to think about. Yeah. Dr. Fauci, are you concerned that royalties paid to NIH scientists are not disclosed? Absolutely, I am, Stephen. And that's what we talked about a little bit earlier. That is, uh, if you noticed yesterday in, a, in an interview, I think it was yesterday with uh, Rand Paul and Dr. Fauci, he uh, essentially said he doesn't have to tell anybody what the conflicts of interest are, which is anathema to medicine, anathema to everybody else in medicine. So that was sort of startling to me. Uh, let me look at you again on uh, what you guys are talking about. Um, Facebook, Winkler says, Facebook is killing it with the questions today. Oh, good. What do they got? Well, you keep answering them. Go ahead. You got another one? No, you, okay. you're doing it. All right. Let's go to questions here. Um Let's see what uh, Thomas has to say here. Thomas. We have lots of hands up, so I'll try to get you guys the best I can. Um, your friend was in here for a second. Uh, Caleb, what's the guy's name? Uh, that, um, Which one? Oh, shoot. Uh, the guy the we Rifax talked guy? to the other day. Chris? Yeah. Yes, Chris was in here. Chris Sanchez. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, was in here. Nice. he was in here a second ago. Um, Kitty right. Moore Lutke, remember her? Mm -hmm. But then years ago at a cast party, we were watching Rocky Horror, Horror Picture Show, and my 10-year-old walked in the room wearing a dress and heels and singing. He's now married with two kids. Just thought it would be fun. Scared me. <laughs> LOL. That was 30 years ago. I remember that that show. This? That was like, what you know, we were all kind of confused by that. Kitty Moore Lutke on Facebook. She, she asked a question yesterday, too. Huh. That's pretty uh, cute, though. I'm going to bring <laughs> Nadine up here. Nadine, go ahead. It's interesting, Caleb, how there's speaker, a little lag. Okay. Well, the speaker it's comes up angry. and the mic is unmuted and then it mutes itself. I think they and get that's excited what confuses people. No, no, it does it to me, too. When I start the show, that's weird. you have to unmute the mic in the lower left hand corner, buddy. Uh, Nadine, you're up and you'll be streaming out on multiple platforms, including your image, possibly uh, if Caleb chooses to put that up there. Uh, I'll look while we're trying to get Nadine back there. Uh, Velviva, everybody, Velveeta versus Cheddar, this off of Twitch. Uh, I don't think we have to ask that question, do we? Velveeta versus Cheddar. Uh, okay, Donna says, okay, this is something. Uh, they're pushing in schools, four-year-olds being told to masturbate. This is in Britain. Uh, as young as 12, questions like, have you had anal sex? Okay, uh, that is problematic. 
That is how you traumatize kids. That is exactly what I'm telling you as parents not to do to your kids as you educate them about their sexuality. To, to talk even about masturbation to a four-year-old is they can't understand it. it they, they, they're not going to be able to make sense of it. And it's not going to be particularly fruitful. Uh, Nadine, go ahead. you got to unmute that mic in the lower left-hand corner there. I see you. There you are. What's yes. up? Yes, I think it was still loading when uh, when you first asked, ah. and I didn't hear any of it. Got it. <laughs> so I was on your, your show or, or this thing last week, I believe. My I, I'm the one in in Canada, Saskatchewan. My husband's a physician. Yes. I do have a question. Yeah. Have you heard about sensible medicine and uh, Doctor Vinay Prasad and Z Dog and what they're doing? And are you involved? And well, if not, I'm, your thoughts I'm, on it. <laughs> okay, so we have inter interviewed Vinay twice on this show and Z-Dog twice also. They are both, once. I would say, friends. again soon. Z-Dog once, Vinay, tr Vinay twice. I had him once too. Oh yeah, Susan Dose. talked to him once, yeah. And uh, so twice and twice. And uh, I would consider them friends. Um, I amplify particularly Vinay on Twitter as best I can because some of the things, some of the... he. I listen. I found Vinay before before COVID, before anybody had ever heard of him. He had this podcast called Plenary Sessions, where he essentially talked about oncological research, and he was such an astute reader of medical literature. I just enjoyed. It, it's so funny. I, I really a lot of my podcasting is listening to people who are better readers than me. I listen to philosophy podcast for people from people who read philosophy and can penetrate it. For now, it's the same thing. He can read complex literature and penetrate it. And I appreciate his interpretation. So now here we are years later, and he's looking at the literature on, on uh, vaccines and COVID. And he's using that same eye he has, that same analytic capacity. And he's, he's, more, he's beside himself. He's mortified by what we are accepting as science or clinical, you know, appropriate clinical um, sort of standards. And so, yeah, I've been, I've been amplifying him all over the place wherever I can. I think he's the best. And Z-Dog um, is just a bright, excellent physician with an excellent point of view. I mean, and, and the two of them together to me is like sort of a dream come true. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I like I like they kind of bring it back to the middle ground. Mm -hmm. you, I, I find it's it's been so polarizing. You have one extreme and the other, and I like I don't agree with everything they say, but I like that they bring it back to the middle. Yeah, and I think it's it's a testament on, on how we can move forward if we can just both extremes come to the middle, and then we can find solutions that work best for everyone. I know. Uh, I I totally agree with you, and. Uh, I, I, you, it makes me sad when, you know, by the way, do you know they both are attacked by our peers? Are you aware of that? Yeah, yeah. It seems like it's if you don't follow that first narrative that, that's kind of pushed everywhere, and I'm sure you felt it too. Mm. If you don't follow that first narrative, you're right away labeled as extreme. Yeah. Uh, no, it, you, it goes, you're, an, you're extreme, you're an anti-vax, you're a something denier, and you're a trumper. These are all the things you get labeled with. If you have any diversion from the, whatever the standard is that's being pushed. And uh, yeah, it's, it's too much. What does your husband feel about this? 
Well, he he kind of agrees with most of what they're saying. Yeah. And yeah. even even like like I said before, last week's episode, he's been labeled extreme as well. And when we look at things, we're very much middle ground. We just really truly believe in informed consent. Of course. And unfortunately, <laughs> informed consent's been kind of thrown out the window. Yes. In the medical community and. And we're heartbroken about it, and and that's why we spoke out and have been speaking out. Which is yeah, it's, it's crazy to think that informed consent would be something that would be so. Uh, well, here's what I've right. learned. I, I had no idea that when there is a public health emergency, they can do whatever they want. I mean, that's what I've learned. I, I think it looks about the same in Canada to me. They just do whatever. And so the idea of informed consent is just, that's for, that's for normal times. We're in an emergency. That, that's the disgusting part of this. There has to be some protection against fiat, against these things being thrown out arbitrarily because they're just mm, kind of a nuisance. We don't want to deal with it right now. And um, I, you know, I've been obsessing about this today. I opened with this that that these public health officials that are making medical decisions for hundreds of millions of people aren't trained to do that. They just aren't trained to do that, and that's where things went really nuts. Um, all right, you've all upset me now, Nadine, but thank you for calling back. <laughs> so, so, oh, I have one more question for you. You ready? Go ahead. What's wrong with Trudeau? <laughs> okay, I will I will speak to what's happening because I, I was very much involved from the get-go with that Trudeau must go trend. <laughs> well, I, but I mean, do you see the, where he sang the Queen song the other day? You know, easy come, oh. easy go. It's like, wait a minute. That's the Queen's that's funeral, dickwad. You? It's like, what was he doing? What was Have he doing? Have you not been following him for the last eight years? This is, this is <laughs> usual, Trudeau. Just embarrassing. Canada nonstop at everything he goes to. It's so interesting. Like, well, but you. to be fair, I mean, Trump did that to us too. He embarrassed us all the time too. But it was very different. It was a very different kind of embarrassment, right? I mean, yeah, Trump, Trump just doesn't think before he speaks. Right. See, Trudeau just never thinks before he does anything. <laughs> so. Well, I it, I guess maybe that's well. It looked to me that you tell me if this is possibly true that he considers himself so enlightened and so, um, you know, uh, I don't really have a good word for it, but that he lives in some sort of bubble where that that sense of himself is so protected, he doesn't change course. Is, is, is that accurate? Like he doesn't yeah, see his actions? Yeah, I have the word. Yeah. I have the word. Okay. A narcissist. Well, he he's very, clearly complex. narcissistic. No, clearly <laughs> that. But, but, but this is this is that... Uh, without any, you know, without any rails, you know, narcissists come up against guardrails and, and their behavior is sort of causes reactions. I'm not sure he sees the reactions. That's kind of what well, I've been thinking. Liberal party mm -hmm. that, and, and even when he does things wrong and not just the liberal party, the mainstream media in yeah. Canada is adores him they okay. grovel at all right it's, it's what it's what i thought and so he doesn't yeah. really nothing ever gets to him uh he never really sees what happened to what he's been doing the consequence of what he's doing it's very interesting thank you Nadine, for calling back we appreciate you being here uh susan you're you're up you're distracting me is something wrong 
YouTube's live, but I can't see it on the restream. We can't see your comments on restream. Can't see who's oh the YouTube comments. Yeah, like it it just oh. stopped. Like it, oh, it was there at the beginning, and it says X on the restream. But I went to the live chat on YouTube, and they're still on live. So it's just not coming over. Lots of Twitch. We see you guys on Twitch. I see Thank Twitch. You I there. see Facebook, but I don't see YouTube. Is not coming through since the beginning of the show. Caleb, maybe you can figure. That it's out. there. I'm I'm interacting with people there. I can't. It might just be yeah, delayed. somebody. Yeah, somebody shout out on YouTube because I'm not seeing it on my restream. I'm only seeing it on the YouTube channel. Okay. I'll read I'll read something over here. Is it from the YouTube channel? Yeah. Okay. If you give us a super chat, I'll read it first. All right. Do you want to read something now? <laughs> do you want to read something now? Kayla's mad if I do that. But. I know. <laughs> All right. I'm bringing another person up. This I'll keep is, an eye uh, on it for you. Uh, Caitlin, I guess it is. Uh, again, and this takes, so I apologize that what we're learning from Nadine is it takes a minute for this stuff to load up here before they can come to the podium and talk. Uh, what I see is just mute on the microphone, but that also means that they may not be fully loaded up here. So, uh, Brooke again, my new favorite person. Thank you for bringing up the rational revolution. Thank you. Uh, yes, Brooke is talking about the extremism. Uh, do you believe the general public currently has the capacity to take a step back from perceived biases and move forward with true rational revolution? Brooke, I think so, but I'm an optimist. I have an optimistic bias. It's it's truly a bias. And, uh, you know, um, I expect a lot of people, and all, all we really have to do is calm down and listen and just think about things. Uh, it, it doesn't take a lot of time for people to sort of, now whether or not they'll be able to overcome their own cognitive dissonance, that will be interesting. That's the part that keeps us sort of stuck. Okay, uh, Caleb, while I'm waiting for Caitlin to come on up to the, or Caitlin to come up to the podium here, why don't we go ahead and take a break? How about that? Sounds like a good idea. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. For a long time, I've been talking about the holy grail of skincare, Genucel, and the amazing results that both Susan and I have seen. I'm a big fan of Genucel's Silky Smooth XV. It's a moisturizer soaked right into my skin instantly, and with its immediate effects, I saw fine lines and wrinkles visibly disappear within 12 hours. Susan loves Genucel's Vitamin C Serum, infused with the purest vitamin C, absorbs to the deepest layer of the skin thanks to Genucel's proprietary skincare technology. I am a snob when it comes to using products on my face. The dermatologist makes a ton of money from me. But when I was introduced to Genucel, I was so happy because it's so affordable and it works great. I was introduced to the Ultra Retinol Cream, which I love at night. All the eye creams are amazing. People notice my skin all the time, and I'm so excited because it's actually working. And right now, Genucel has bundled my favorite products and Susan's for you to try today for up to 60% off retail pricing. That's right. Save up to 60% on my favorite Genucel products today. Just go to Genucel.com Drew to see what's in our bundles and receive an extra 10% off at checkout when you enroll in their personal concierge at checkout. That again is genucel.com slash Drew, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash D-R-E-W. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system.
Sorry, so welcome back. Uh, what I'm going to do is because we're not seeing the YouTube questions on my restream here in front of me, uh, Susan has kindly handed me her phone, so I'm trying to go through the YouTube scroll to look at your guys' questions uh, to see if there's anything in here. I apologize if this is boring, but uh, I do want to get you guys have a chance to be seen here. Maggie disagrees with me. I don't know what she disagrees about. And yeah, go to Rumble, although, yeah, I'll see you there. Uh, okay, well, might as well look on the phone as well on the computer because I can... Insane mandates in Australia. Yep. Uh, Aaron, ironic, ironic, the same way I've been able to act. I'm not sure what that means. Uh, IQAS, do you hear us? We do not hear you. We are now just getting to see your questions. Somebody has a question about Suboxone. Let me see where that was. Shakespeare. Okay, I don't know what you, what you mean, but Shakespeare. Yes, all roles were played by men. That's true. Mm, Chuck E. Cheese, I'm not sure what that comment means. All right, does uh, Suboxone affect teeth or gums in a negative way that could eventually lead to dental issues? Uh, Mark, I've not seen that, but I would be, um, I think you might want to talk to your dentist about that because anything that causes dry mouth can cause dental caries. So it might be something that is uh, prone to causing dryness in the mouth. I could see that particularly in the higher doses. And uh, I lost Caitlin. She uh, ran away. Uh, let's try Lori. Uh, Lori, go ahead. It's funny. I don't know where people run off to when I, when I lose them. I don't know how that works. Hey, Lori. Hi. Hey, now. So uh, I was just wondering if you had seen in the New York Times a couple weeks ago the story about marriage equality for interabled couples and people with disabilities. Um, that story was largely based on the fight that my fiance Mark and I are in with Lori's Law in California and the federal bill HR 6405. Tell us about and it. And I'm just okay. wondering. Tell, yes. tell us. I didn't see the article. Tell us all about it. Okay, so Mark and I fell in love. We got engaged to be married. Mm -hmm. And a few months later found out if you are on DAC SSDI. So if your disability starts before the age of 22 and you are on a parent's work record for Social Security Disability Insurance, yep. SSDI, yep. known as a DAC, you can only marry another disabled person a loophole is someone retired receiving social security that is bizarre so, what what was the yeah. intent of that as usual bureaucracy everybody it's the enemy but go ahead what's the intent well so um what we understand um and this is um going to be uncomfortable for some people but if you google eugenics or mm -hmm. ugly laws and you look back to when these disability policies were actually written mm -hmm. and the time period back in the 1950s, it all makes a little bit of sense. And the attorneys we are working with at DREDIF, so Claudia Center is the legal director, uh, Aisha Lewis is our uh, lead attorney there as well, um, let us know that there's a lot of eugenics and a lot of, of history to this as the, the actual first anti-marriage laws were so, actually so eugenics law. I'm, I'm looking at between 1867 and 1974, many, many so-called ugly laws. Uh, so I'm guessing the intent was if somebody has an early disability, they must be genetically flawed and we don't want them reproducing. Is that is that the craziness? I, 
Well, yeah, I think that 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 is a large part of the craziness. It's a large part and of what, the craziness. What, what, give me uh, what states are particularly egregious when it pertains to these ugly laws? Can you do you know? Well, actually, um, I think San Francisco was one of yeah. the. I'm gonna I'm gonna bet yeah. it's places that would would. That's <laughs> crazy. Oh I my know. God! What is it wrong is. with and, us? And that's the thing. Ugh. You know, I thought I thought. Oh my God! Are you kidding? <laughs> Me. Here yeah. I am. You know, I I met a wonderful man, fell in love, you know, normal stuff. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Drew, I got to tell you, I think that so many people think that the ADA, Americans for Disabilities Act, which is now like 32 years old. Give me a little grace if I'm a year or two off, yeah. but 30 plus years old now, that it was all about doorways and ramps and it, believe it's, it me it seemed to be it seemed to be it's about part that. of it it's part of it yeah. it is but what it was truly about at the heart of it was inclusion and community and society yes and to be a part of societal of course, norms of course so if if you leave love and marriage out of the conversation oh listen you really I, miss I, the big I am what, what is the delay why don't they why isn't somebody in some legislator raising their hand and going uh we have an emergency here we need to correct this quick yeah, let's just get it over with why is that not happening asking us. why hasn't that happened why hasn't there been i i mean i hate to bring it up well you know you know what i like about this executive order why, I know. why isn't there somebody saying hello yeah uh we have what, what i what i would love Yes. would make me super happy and this is not for you i just, just think this is a fantasy is if we found <laughs> four or five of these crazy laws or or, or bureaucratic uh misconducts that we can all come together to there's things we can all come together on there's a lot of this stuff it's the media right. that's focusing on the stuff that we can't come together on. There's a lot of stuff we can come together on. I am delighted to hear about this. I, I'm like excited. There's something we can do here that really could affect people's lives. Uh, why they're yes, not doing it, have, I don't understand. But we'll, you have to figure well, that out. Well, we have fought tooth and nail to yeah. get to this point. So our right. state legislation is SJR 8. It just what passed. State? What state? So California. We are in California. So they, they jammed so, through AB 2098, but you guys can't get this one passed. Fantastic. So now, HR 6, California yeah, State Legislator. We're stuck in committee. Uh, Why? Hear, What's the problem? Uh, we, we hear that, uh, look, this is just what we're hearing, but yes. we're hearing from the Republican side yes. that they're looking at this as like a disincentive uh to engage in like full-time work or to keep benefits. And I said, you know, the disincentive to engage for me in full-time work is that I have a severe spinal disorder. I work a regular part-time are, are job. Are you the disabled person or she? Yes, you I are. am. Yeah. And so um, yeah. The, they then fine, they should look into it and then they should quickly uh, respond because clearly that's going to be bullshit and clearly. And so yes. uh, off we go. Uh, so fine, yes. look into it if that's what you feel you need to do for your due diligence and off you go. I am so happy you uh, alerted us all to this. I'm sure everybody can stand behind you. Is there a website or something you'd like people to go to? Absolutely. Which is DREDF, Disability Rights Education and Defense Fund. They have put up an entire page about how to share your story if you are also unable to marry due to these archaic rules and policies that have been 
built into the Social Security uh, administration policies so that there's not interabled marriage or you know, disabled people marrying each other. Share your story. The website is on it, Dreda. And, and I'm and on frame Facebook. It. Mark frame and I are on Facebook. Yeah, frame it the way Twitter. it's the way, way it's supposed to be framed, which is this is eugenic. This is eugenics, everybody. Anybody yes, want to stand? Think we might want to undo things that support eugenic notions? I think I think we could all agree on. Well, it. yeah. Say the you website know, again. Social Security and <laughs> it's too much. So I'm sorry. Too much. Social Security Administration first told me, oh, honey, of course you can get married. You're on SSDI. You, you can get married. It's, it's not a problem. It was only about a few months after that we found out they, uh, we called again, asked for a marriage uh, penalty specialist. And they said, oh, I'm sorry, because you were disabled before the age of 22, um, you will lose your Medicare, any kind of DAC Medicaid, and your DAC SSDI. Fantastic. I have paid into the Social Security system myself. All right, don't 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 don't, don't bewilder us with the weeds. Just let's stay okay, with the let's no stay with weeds. the let's stay with the, the, line, the headline. Yes. The headline People, is this is pathetic. Yes. It needs to be corrected. Uh, and again, the website yes. is one more time. So you're going to look at Disability Rights Education and Defense Fund, known as DREDF. They're based out of San Francisco, California. Great. Beautiful. There are our lead attorneys and advocates there. And Great. yes, we are in a limited retainer with them. Beautiful. And um, one, <laughs> it is just, it's important for people to know that there are a lot of people out there like myself with disabilities or people who are disabled very young in life and who work part-time. Um, I also have a, uh, I, the, the advocacy work that I do takes up a lot of time, my I'm physical sure. therapy, all those I'm other sure. things. Sure. It's crucial. So all I right. do what I can do, pay into the system. But just one, I know that a lot of people are hearing this for the first time. Including me. So just, yes. So just yeah. look up uh, the, if you look up Lori Law, L-O-R-I-L-A-W on Facebook, we're there on Facebook. We're at Lori's Law, L-O-R-I-E-S-L-A-W on Twitter. Great. Instagram, and okay. we would just love to hear from okay. anybody. If you have any questions, if you want to know more, contact us. I don't want to um, get, like you said, too much into the weeds, but basically, this is marriage is a fundamental right that yes, many yes. with disabilities no. are being denied I, in 2022. For, for, we are for eugen based on eugenic yes. principles of the remote past. So, Lori, thank you for bringing our attention to all that. Um, somebody in, in the restream, uh, and again, I'm for, following Lori myself right now, Lori, at Lori's Law. Uh, he said, uh, who is this? Ah, ZZ Fly says, eugenics, a lot of Americans supported eugenics, including President Teddy Roosevelt. Yes, yes. Th there were a lot of assholeish ideas flying around in the past. You do, not, do not have the sufficient narcissistic hubris to think that if you lived in 1890, you definitely wouldn't have been one of those people. Just look at the data. If most people had an opinion and you lived in 1890, you would hold that opinion. Don't, it's, it is a fool's errand to judge the past through the prism of the, parent, of the present. It's like an ableism of its own. It's like historical, historicism. Uh, it needs a name. It needs a name. All right, let me look at Rumble, see how people are reacting to it there. Uh, oh, wait, somebody wants me to stop beating around the brush. Tell us why there's never been a successful vaccine for influenza B. 
Um, there are lots of good A and B flu vaccines out there. They're never 100% effective because we can't predict what the virus is going to look like genetically exactly year to year. And by the way, the vaccine is set up on the mice, which um, doesn't make us feel great. The problem is those mice vaccines uh, on the with the flu platforms are the same platforms we've been using for years and years and years. The reason people are concerned about the mice model in the mRNA vaccines because it is such a new platform. And by the way, there is... Some data that just came out that the new bivalent vaccine did not do that great in humans in terms of protecting from infection or, or severe disease. So that data is starting to come in. We'll see what that looks like. Uh, why do I continue to call the flu shot? This is IED. Uh, why do you continue to call the flu shot the flu vaccine? A vaccine is anything that stimulates your immune system to fight off a future infection. Period. Period. Margaret Sanger, yes, she would be proud. Yes, she was a horrible eugenicist. Yeah, and and she did some good things too. People, people are not. I I can't wait to see what how we're judged for some of the shit we're doing that we think is so good. But if somebody will judge us in the future as being completely distorted in how we're approaching things. All right, I'm gonna take some more calls in a second. Uh, lifespan of European male and uh, let's see. Okay, let me see what I'm I'm over on Rumble now just trying to see. Most people supported eugenics, even the genetically inferior. They had just discovered DNA. Uh, so you'll forgive them for failing falling for pseudoscience. Yeah, no, listen. Go watch the show. Uh, one of the greatest shows about medicine was a show called The Nick about a hospital at the turn of the night turn of the twentieth century. The uh, lead surgeon develops a severe addiction, and it's a great story. But there is a eugenicist doctor amongst the group, and uh, he is an unapologetic. And there is a black physician uh, that he treats horribly, and uh, it's very interesting. It's just really, and they poured, they did not pull off the, they pulled the gloves off. They did it, however they, it accurately happened. Mm. Uh. Yeah, let me just say Craft uh, Biscuit is Craft Table Biscuit is putting some data up about the history of eugenics. Here is something that is true about genetics: the more the the more there is admixturing of genetic material from farther afield genetic. One of the one of the great mysteries to me is our tribalism, because as you all know, where we've been thinking about the royal families lately. The more you interbreed, the weaker the genetics of the individual offspring. So if you are limited just to a tribe, you're going to end up with some problematic genetic loads. It's why, historically, men have come into tribes and stolen females. That is sort of what has happened. But the reality is, the further we are, the more afield we are genetically from one another, the healthier the kids we produce. So somebody who has some genetic you know evolutionary history that is vastly different than your own on a different continent is likely to give you healthy offspring what do we got here ray red tea i'm feeling like there is no point of me being in the world anymore then the pain of physical and emotional is too much i do not know what to do so tam uh I would like everyone on YouTube to reach out to Tam right now. Uh, he, I don't know if it's a he or a she, but is feeling a lot of psychic pain. 
is having trouble finding meaning. Meaning comes from other people. And if you would reach out your hand to this person in some fashion, particularly if you felt the same way, knowing that, uh, you know, that people get through this, it will help this person a great deal. Uh, so uh, the other thing I will tell you, Tam, is that uh, these, these, the worst feelings pass. They always pass. And I know, I understand if you're in psychic pain, one of the, you know, one of the aspects of it is it's, it's you know, it, it tolerating it. It seems so endless, but it does get better. It really does. Uh, okay, Aaron's reaching out. Thank you, Aaron. Um, please, uh, here is Sandy who wants Tam to message her. So do message Sandy. Good, I knew I could rely on you guys. So Tam, I want you to look at the responses below here. You're going to see a lot of people. People are, I know we live in a, in a time when uh, it seems like people are no good. That's what it seems like. I'm here to tell you they are. And you watch you watch what, what reaches out to Tam. And um, I think everyone will be impressed. So there you go. It's, it's about other people. It's about relations. It's about connecting with one another. That is how we make meaning. That is how we regulate our emotions. That is how we get through the intolerable, frankly. I mean, it's why we have a sponsor in 12-step. You need that other person. That's why you have a coach in your corner when you're a fighter. You need that person there supporting you. And uh, Anthony Brown wants you to reach out too, Tam. Uh, Anthony Brown's over on Twitch right now. Anthony, go over to YouTube maybe and give him a, a way to reach you. All right. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm going to look quickly at you guys on Restream. I know Molten Salt. I do love the Nick. It what really is a suicidal hotline? Like it's a th on your phone. What is that? It's a, I just put it, I put it up on the screen. Nine, it's 988. It's 988. 988. You can call 988. Uh, and that is our new number for psychic distress and suicidality. 988. So thank you for putting that up there. Um, let me see what you guys are saying. Rumble. By the way, the Rumble rants have been less uh, abusive today, Susan. I don't know if you've noticed that. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> okay. Okay, here's an interesting question. Pundit Pundit, what is your opinion? How big should fake boobs be on a teacher, right? Which is what that teacher is essentially, it begs that question, doesn't it? Um, again, I always look at things through a medical prism. I, I'm going to, well, you know what? I don't want to take my position yet. I'm going to talk about it today on Gutfeld Show. Uh, and they're going to pick me up in like 10 minutes. Oh, so, yeah. Check them out on the Gutfeld so, Show. Tonight. So I don't really want to give you that opinion just yet. But I will say Fox. I do look at it through a medical prism as, as pretty much everything. Also, Molten Salt said something about, uh, or not Molten Salt, Pundit, Pundit, Pundit mm -hmm. said something about Bill, Mar Bill Maher's rant on Woke. Did yeah, it was a good that? one. I, tried I showed it oh, to you. Oh, is that the one you That's the one I wanted to you to listen to. Uh, let's talk to Alexa. Alexa, Alexa. When was that? September 14th? Friday. You said Friday? Friday this last Friday, which would have been the 14th. Yes. Yeah, I think I remember you Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. That 15th? would have been the... 15th. I flew. 16th. 16th. Oh, 16th. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I was looking at October 14th. Interestingly, October Friday. the 14th of Friday. That was on Bill Maher's television show, though. On... Um, Not his podcast. Correct. His TV show. It was the, the, the new rules at the end kind of thing. He closed the show with it. It was interesting. He he's as all oh, no Bill. Susan and I know Bill. I love I know him. Bill for many years. He is uh, he has You're, never what's that, Caleb? Somebody must have bumped your camera cable. Uh oh, camera froze. Can you <laughs> yeah. you can hear me otherwise? 
Uh, I think it down on the ground there, maybe, Susan. Something connecting us. Can you hear me, though, in the meantime, Caleb? Yes, we can hear you. Okay, so we'll just keep talking. Yeah, there's nothing uh, Nothing changed. We were just sitting at our desks here. Minding our own business. There it is. We're right, back. I yes? No, nope. it's... it's uh, it's messed up again. Some there's like it's it's a loose cable. There you go. Yeah, you're there. Mm, no, we're hit. We're oh, mm, we're good for a second and then it goes away. I'd say it's something on the floor, Susan. Something you t stepped on. Because when you walked over there, it it's. Is it going now? No. Okay, give us a second here, guys. Appreciate you waiting. But as I was, let me finish my rant about Bill Maher. As I um was saying, is that. His logic, his uh, analysis of things has, as long as I've known him, been precisely the same. I've known him for, sheesh, 30 years. And uh, he has always, he is part of the rational revolution. He has thought very rationally about things, very carefully. We may not agree, we may not end up at the same place, but but it's hard to argue with his argumentation. Uh, Susan, something happened in there? Did you come back? Uh, yeah, there we're back. Go. There we are. We're back. Sorry. <laughs> Casey Gates says Bill is pandering to the right. No, no, no. He's all, look, he his it's always been the way he is. I, I know it sometimes seems like he's going to one side or the other. That is just him. All right. Oh, he uh, was totally to the left before. Lexa. He's right in the middle now. He's, he, he really is going in both directions. I, he, I, I'm going to tell you, he 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 had some uh, Trump derangement, so to speak. He really didn't like Trump. And so that colored what he was saying for a few years. But I don't know if that was right or left. Uh, Alexa, you got to unmute your mic in the lower left hand corner. <laughs> I like corner. what Caleb put up. Tech, tech problems expected. <laughs> Hi. Hey, um, thank you so much for making me a speaker. You I was not bet. planning on speaking, but I tuned in when Lori was speaking and you were talking about eugenics and she's absolutely right about what's happening mm -hmm. in the U.S. where I am um, as it regards getting married as a disabled person who depends on benefits. And just in that vein, I wanted to bring up, in case anybody wasn't aware what's going on in Canada, um, I have a disability. Mm. And the medical assistance in dying program mm. is what they're calling it. It's mm -hmm. definitely a eugenicist program. They're expanding it. I'm not the expert on, on the matter by any means. Um, but it's it's really terrible what's happening in Canada. And I think anybody who's concerned with just health in general should pay attention to what's going on there. It's being kind of marketed as a quote unquote solution for poverty for disabled people who are living in poverty. What? The, yeah. The, the ass assisted suicide is a solution. Oh my God. I live in the upside down. I just, just when I think I've heard everything, it's a solution for poverty and misery. Wow. That's that's kind of like uh, the new angle that's being wow. taken. And, you know, I, a lot of the people I talk to on this subject have kind of like a centrist, like, oh, in some cases, you know. And I, I don't agree with that at all. I think it's, it's a really bad idea. I think if the majority of us are centrist on this issue, what it does is moves um, the... Sorry, I have a really bad brain damage. What, what, ha what happened to you? Wait, now, wait a minute. You sound quite with it. What was the brain damage? Sorry. Um, I have Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. I've had a migraine for a year and three months now. Not multiple okay. migraines. Okay, one okay. long. So Ehlers-Danlos yeah. is um, this connective tissue disease where your joints are extremely lax and move all over the place and can be quite painful. And 
it can affect connective tissue in the arteries and things like that too. And that's what she's talking about, I think, with the migraine. So, okay. So, uh, Lexa, I appreciate you calling. I, oh, you have an unstable spine too from all this? Oh. Yes. Yeah, so uh, with the EDS, it affects the joints just yeah, like you're saying. And yeah. then it all also affects the spine. So oh, that's, that's where it's bad. coming from bad, for bad, me. Bad, 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 bad. But yeah, I just, um, if, if people are interested in health, just looking into what's going on in Canada and disabled people there are really under attack. But thank you so much All for right, letting me speak and it. having the space. Well done, Lexi. Well done. You were quite clear and uh, don't worry about your, uh, you know, not sounding clearly, clearly uh, clear. Uh, but it is, it is the upside down we're living in, folks. The utopia that is Canada, everybody. There you go. Uh, utopia, I tell you. I don't know, man. The, the more you leave it to small communities, individuals and practitioners, the more you bureaucratize things, the more pathetic things get. Uh, Logan, I'm putting you up here. You just got to unmute that mic. We're going to wrap up pretty soon. Yeah, Logan, go ahead. Um, first of all, I'm such a huge fan, Dr. Drew, since I had your love line days. Thank you man. and Adam Carolla. Thank Massive. You. Okay, uh, let's get on. Okay. Um, so we're in the midst of like the biggest like UFO, UAP disclosure like in history, right? We're making uh, passing bills in Congress and whatnot. Yeah. And I wanted, just wanted to know what do you think the um, like the mental health effect is going to be on the population, on the uh, the religious side, the scientific side? You know, if it's disclosed, aliens are here. They've been here for a number of years, and so on. I don't know. Uh, I will have to give that some thought. Uh, I think it it could. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe the aliens are beaming us these thoughts into us that are making us go upside down like this. But um, I think it could. It. I don't think it's necessarily obvious how it's going to go. In other words, it could increase the sense of awe and mystery in the world and the universe. Right? It doesn't have to say, "Oh, we're in a uh, simulation because aliens are here." It, it could. It could go the other way. You know. Um, so I don't know. What do you think? I think, um, God, for so many of people like me, it's, it already has like, um, done that. I think, um, for a lot of people, especially on UFO Twitter, it's, uh, we don't really need disclosure, so to speak, because we already right. know it's here. Right. Uh, but it's, it's for the people that, you know, are most skeptical minded that really need the uh, scientific evidence to be back up, you well, know, certain I claims and whatnot. I, I am one of those skeptics, and I'm, but I'm open, uh, and, and it'll be interesting uh, if they really do, if there really is something kind of wild that they're disclosing. I, I understand that world. I've seen it. You know, Joe Rogan obviously is fascinated by it and is uh, letting you guys talk about it all the time. And uh, what's his name? Bob, uh, Caleb, help me, the guy that was supposedly doing uh, uh, research Nori, on the cesium. Uh, Bob, Nori's what is great. it? Uh, no, no, Bob... Uh, no, no, George, that's a different. This was this was the guy that allegedly from Las Vegas, and he was swept into the oh, New Mexico yeah. thing, and Bob Lazar, and and I, the, Bob Lazar, and Bob the Lazar. one thing I will say about that that I would take issue with, and maybe this is me, me to Logan, and if you can explain this to me, if this is the most significant finding in the history of the world, with the most extraordinary physics ever contemplated by humanity. Why do you select just some guy named Bob off the street in <laughs> Las Vegas to, to analyze it? Why Bob? Why Bob? Why didn't you go to Caltech? Why didn't you go to Princeton where they had these, could, could really dismantle this stuff? Why Bob and this other guy? Because I think, I think that was a human experiment that they did on Bob where they wanted to look at 
how perhaps other intelligent sources, meaning like other countries, might dismantle our technologies. So they give Bob, who sort of must have met, met some average um, physics ability of, say, people in China or something, or, or of the intelligence agency, agencies in China, and see how they would manage a monumental, you know, impenetrable technological task. I think it might have been that. Now, you could also look at me and go, oh, you're not going to believe anything. You're going to make an excuse for it. It's cognitive dissonance. Yeah, no, no, I'm not. I'm really not having cognitive dissonance. I just try to figure out what might that if, if it wasn't an alien craft, what, what else might Bob have been exposed to? And the main question is, why Bob? Why just some guy, some guy with a physics background off the street of Las Vegas? And you, who might experience some cognitive dissonance, might say, because they needed it to be secret and they needed not to expose academia to it. Yeah, but, yeah, but, I'm not sure that's a good argument. I'm not sure. Uh, let's see here. Um, when am I getting picked up? Do you know, Susan? Yeah, why Bob? That's my question. Why Bob? Uh, let's see. I think Pete has been on hold here for quite a while. Let's see what Pete wants to do. Uh, and then I've got to uh, hustle out of here. Susan, do I not? Is that true? I'm just trying to figure out what time I'm, I'm getting picked up. Do you know? I've not really seen that yet, have I? I know you did. Get your mic on to talk to me. I can't quite hear you. Through. I sent all these things to you. You're supposed to read them when I sent them to I you. I did, but I didn't see anything about a pickup. Hey, Pete. Hey, Dr. Drew. Yeah, man, what's up? I'm with you with getting rid of all, all this COVID talk, and it's just been so long, and it just needs to be done. Uh, it's just crazy. Yep. I know. I don't but I have you. one question for you. How do you feel about over the how do you feel about over the counter like testosterone boosters? So um I you know, I don't have a strong opinion. Uh I I don't believe young males should be using them, right? You should be not be needing supplements as a young male. If you're an older male and you have lower testosterone, you should see a doctor and maybe get some testosterone replacement. I am a big fan of that. I I just don't believe the I you know, uh there there are boosters out there. go under food and so they don't go through the same rigor as medication and god only knows what that might be doing to people i worry about really i worry about the risk of prostate cancer uh and we just don't know so as it pertains you know it, why not go get the real thing if if you need it and let's say you Monitor that has lots of potential adverse effects associated, including hypertension, vascular shear forces can be off, things like that. Let me quickly look at what you guys are saying uh, here on the restream. Um, hang on, guys. Uh, Pickup is five fifteen. Okay, thank you. Uh, what are we doing here? Mm. Timcast is up. Uh, Tom Cigar, I'm not quite sure where that guy is that you... Uh, yes, BC, uh, Bob Lazar did go to MIT. He did not graduate from MIT. <laughs> Again, he took some classes at MIT. And that's exactly my point. 
why they choose that guy and when they and I believe at the time this was all going down I think I think Einstein was still alive or if not Einstein you could go talk to a lot of other guys from that school uh, you know that 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 same uh, vintage they were all around still uh, let's see what you're talking about here Bob, Bob sorry, is I'm also he's also still alive I'm, I'm I would no he just talks about it heard I uh, listen yeah. Joe he's, Joe Rogan did the most fascinating interview with him I was absolutely riveted by the interview don't get me wrong he is fascinating um, wow yeah it's a fascinating thing and, and it could end up being something I don't know maybe it's something there I I I'm not I think people think that individuals are going to be afraid of this I don't think fear will necessarily be the reaction uh, all right let me just I'm looking now at the at the rumble to see what's going on the CERN creates the chaos. So this, the, the accelerator is creating the chaos because we are, we're splitting things at too high. We're going into too many subatomic particles. We're putting wrinkles in the uh, space-time continuum. <laughs> I don't think so. But who knows? Who knows? I don't know what you just said. Internet stranger says, Drew is gaslighting us. Uh, what am I gaslighting you about? Please let me know. What does that mean? Uh, guess to like gaslight. It means distorting or misleading, essentially. It's, it's a way grossly overused term. It was originally a re result of a movie that uh, was about a guy who convinced his wife that reality wasn't reality and that she was going crazy, essentially. Uh, okay. okay yes. Maybe we are. Maybe we are being get. Yeah, oh, what am distorting. I, what am I gaslighting them about? I don't know. Just agree, uh, Drew. Just agree. I, yes, I'm gaslighting somebody. I'm, it must be so. If you say it is so, it must be so. Uh, Tom Cigars tells us there's some troll on there. What did you say there. the other day? It's like, I'm so sorry you brought that to my attention. You might be right. Oh, no. I was on a Twitter exchange with somebody. As I, I so maybe you at, are gaslighting. No, I, no, 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 no. I glanced at an article, <laughs> and it, it was about some of the potential benefits of the vaccine. I thought, good. It looks like it's coming out. Like the vaccine's going to have a little more benefit than we thought. So I tweeted, I retweeted it with a comment, I think, and somebody just attacked me. You're an asshole. You're part of the problem, blah, blah, blah. And he pointed out to me that it was built on a model rather than actual data. And I thought, oh, man, I looked at it again. I said, nope, he's right. And I said, thank you. You're right. Got it. <laughs> and then he went, oh, I'm doing, man, I'm sorry. I overreacted. I said, no, on me. That's on me. I should have read it carefully. It's on me. And that's that. So gaslighting is like just making shit up. No, gaslighting is to make you doubt yourself, essentially. No. Makes you doubt yourself. So. To doubt yourself. Making shit up to doubt yourself. Oh, a uh, psychic in a, in a slow boat says, I missed their sarcasm. I'm not sure. I don't know. Okay. Uh, restream again, and we'll wrap this up. I feel up. like gaslighting uh, is like a millennial word. Gaslight is a 1938 thriller play set in the Victorian era, written by a British novelist and a playwright, Patrick Hamilton. And then it was made into a movie, if I'm if I'm correct. Testimony Alley, tell us about that. The movie was what made the term gaslighting uh, so so famous. What's that, Caleb? Uh, do you have anything to say about the uh, new warning from the FDA that says uh, that people should stop following TikTok and marinating their chicken with NyQuil? <laughs> your face says it um, all. <laughs> yes, Sounds do not good. marinate your chicken in NyQuil. I see. It doesn't sound like a good idea to me. That's just primarily alcohol, but there's also some other chemicals in there. I don't know what that might do. That's got to be carcinogenic if you cook it. Mm, I don't know, but I don't know. Um, okay, and Stanley tells us that the gaslighting was appropriated by Raul Dahl in his novel The Twits. I didn't. I'm not sure about that. This is so gaslighting has a literary and, and cinematic history. Uh, 
I used to drink NyQuil and smoke cigarettes. Yeah, NyQuil is a uh, intoxicant. People, my patients, uh, I've seen patients get 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 going with that. Um, in terms of not watching TikTok, I don't think that that seems like a fool's errand to me. Uh, I don't think you're going to get people to not watch TikTok. A man wanted to get his wife committed and would do things to make the gaslight flicker, but tell her they weren't. Oh, so there that's the actual mechanism. Oh, to make her doubt herself. Yes. Think she's crazy. Yes. The gaslight was flickering, but it, but it wasn't. But she was, it was flickering, but he told her that it wasn't. Okay. All right, guys. I think yeah, here's that's the, it. Uh, here's the, the official definition I put up on the screen. Oh, and right as you froze. NyQuil married a chicken is disgusting and dangerous. Oh, yeah, it's really you're disgusting delayed. And probably, <laughs> yeah, I just see it what's, now. What's on the screen now is about gaslighting, which means to manipulate oh. someone by psychological means into questioning their own sanity. Right. Oh. Right, right. That's what we've been saying. So I don't know what I was gaslighting. Molten Salt said, if you don't like someone gaslighting, don't watch you CNN. tell them they're a liar and never speak with them again. Okay. <laughs> That's uh, Problem solved. Gaslighters are narcissistic behavior, often go hand in hand. That's true. Narcissists will, will do that. It's part of manipulation. All right, guys, thank you for being here. Tomorrow, we have a very special show. We're bringing um, Dowd. Dr. Edward Dowd. Kelly's back tomorrow. Dr. Kelly is back to stir things up. We have, Dr. We have Edward Dowd coming in tomorrow. I know he's a source of uh, interesting ideas. And then we have Dr. Mark McDonald, who wrote a book uh, about, let me find the name of that book, or maybe you can find it, Dr. Mark McDonald, which was essentially about the um, mass formation psychosis. Uh, let's see, mm -mm -mm. book. And uh, I talked to him once already. Here it is. United States of Fear, How America Fell Victim to Mass Delusional Psychosis. And uh, he wrote a book about it, and it's doing rather well. And he's a psychiatrist, and he's a smart guy, and he's a ra reasonable guy, and I like talking to reasonable people. And he and I were talking about this very early on, that there seemed to be some sort of hysteria that took hold. And now he's thought about it a little more. We have that Belgian psychologist, who I also will talk to soon, who uh, created the the notion of the criteria for mass formation psychosis and what's required for that to develop. And so I think we'll be talking about that on Thursday. That's just he and I. But tomorrow, uh, Kelly and I will be stirring it up with Edward Dowd. So YouTube is back on the restream at the very oh, end of the show. So interesting. something clicked back in. If you have any questions over there really quick. Isn't so. that weird? All right, I will look at the restream for a second. We we'll give those YouTubers one last chance. Okay, I'm looking at you guys. I'm sorry to just be staring at a screen. Well, it takes a minute because they're in a delay. So. I know, but in the meantime, it's just silence here. Yeah, and I'm trying so to. I'm looking at the question. You can see them now. Do you see any questions? Uh, uh, Chuck E. Cheese, the movie Gaslight. The husband created a false reality in which he claimed his wife was insane because she had a hereditary condition. He convinced her of a complete alternative reality. Chuck E. Cheese tells us that. Um uh, Thank you, Kathleen, for thanking us. I loved all the Twitch today. Twitch, you guys have been a, a very alive. They were busy. Yeah, Billy them. Clinton, if that's really you. Uh, <laughs> Ed Dowd should be an interesting interview. Uh, but again, Kelly knows him and has some interesting ideas about his interesting ideas. I we'll saw Rami Yogendra over on Facebook, but I don't know if it's him or not. Okay, it might have been. Dr. Yogendra. He needs to come on our, um, on our Twitter spaces and talk to us. Okay. We miss him. Sandy, uh, doctor, take time for morning or just push through work? Um, Sandy, 
And you can't, what you can't do with mourning is you can't delay it. You can't defer it. You can't um, try to extinguish it. It happens. And when the waves come, let them come. But keeping busy sometimes is not a bad idea. Sometimes a pro surfer idea. friend died yesterday too young. That's what Sandy yeah, said. Yeah, I saw that. I saw the story and I, I wondered what that was. There's no autopsy out yet. So whenever somebody dies suddenly, it's such an odd thing that we're seeing so much of. Now, I know it's easy to run to conclusions about COVID and vaccines or God knows what, but we, we really don't know yet. We just don't know. Okay, that will do that. Uh, thank you all for being here today, and we will see you tomorrow. We'll be at our usual time tomorrow, which is 3 o'clock Pacific, 6 o'clock Eastern. So again, later tomorrow, 3 o'clock Pacific, 6 o'clock Eastern. I always have to think about these time zones we're, we're living in. You have one more mention here from YouTube, okay. Testimoniali. Okay. Um, would, you con would you please ask Ed Dow tomorrow about DARPA? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we're talking about. Don't worry. We will. Uh, why are Munchausen syndrome by proxy cases so hard to get taken seriously and prosecute? Um, because you, I think you have to, <laughs> I, I don't know the answer to that. We'd have to ask an attorney that. I, I think because sometimes people assume good faith when parents are dragging kids in thinking they're sick. Um, the idea of Munchausen by proxy is so bizarre to some people that it's, it's it, and by the way, sometimes the child is sort of uh, bought into it with the adult or oftentimes they're, you know, obviously it's the adults, the problem, but the child gets into it. And so these visits become sort of mutually um, supportive. It's about the boundary more than the, than the Munchausen. So a long story, it's a complicated story, uh, not something I have expertise in. Maybe I can ask Mark McDonald about that or you can too. Again, that will be Thursday, three o'clock Pacific, six o'clock Eastern. And we will see you tomorrow with last me. comment from Al Bundy. Okay. Gaslighting is when you get a lighter and some beans. Gaslighting. Gaslighting. <laughs> Thank you, Ed Bundy. <laughs> uh, uh, Midge, yeah, the adult, I don't know if the adult knows, but the adult is in the situation of caretaker, and so it's a violation of that basic uh, privilege slash sanct you know, uh, sacred responsibility, and, and as such, the adult is responsible. They may not know what they're doing because it is a deeply psychological process, but they are still responsible, particularly if somebody raises it to them and they reject it, that's when it starts to become, I think you may have to actually have that happen to have a legal issue where people go, hey, I think there's a problem here. Let's bring you in. Because at first you would not blame the adult. You'd go, hey, there's a problem here between the two of you. We got to take a good look at this psychiatrically. And if the if the adult runs, that it's, it's much like if an alcoholic refuses treatment and then gets a, goes out drunk and kills somebody, that that's when they it's too late now now it's the legal system all right everybody thank you so much uh we will see you tomorrow at uh, three and three o'clock pacific ask dr drew is produced by caleb nation and susan pinsky as a reminder the discussions here are not a substitute for medical care diagnosis or treatment this show is intended for educational and informational purposes only I am a licensed physician, but I am not a replacement for your personal doctor and I am not practicing medicine here. Always remember that our understanding of medicine and science is constantly evolving. Though my opinion is based on the information that is available to me today, some of the contents of this show could be outdated in the future. Be sure to check with trusted resources in case any of the information has been updated since this was published. If you or someone you know is in immediate danger, don't call me, call 911. If you're feeling hopeless or suicidal, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255. You can find more of my recommended organizations and helpful resources at drdrew.com help. Hey.